1 John chapter 2, verses 28 and 29. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All right, Jackson. Hey, we are dangerously close to falling off the ledge of 2023. Wild. Um, only a few days left. And, you know, we're, we're kind of finishing up uh, this, this randomized assortment of <laughs> New Testament passages that kind of point us to this idea of the righteousness of Jesus and now specifically, uh, the righteous life of people who follow Jesus. Um, obviously, we know that, um, sadly, we don't just become sinless, perfect beings as we follow Jesus, but um, he does change us. And so what are your thoughts on, you know, where this is our second day in First uh, John. So what are your thoughts on this passage and uh, what John is saying uh, to believers here? Yeah, I... Uh... I think the the first thing that really pops out as I consider these verses is Paul's address to the recipient. I mean, uh, John's mm-hmm. recipient, how he addresses his recipients, little children. Um, you know, th- this isn't the only time that he uses this wording, but little children is is not at all meant to be um, mocking or uh, deriding or anything like that. It, it's meant to be this incredible. Uh, term of affection for the people that he's writing hmm. to. Yeah. And, you know, and at this point, Paul is writing as a sort of father. I mean, John is writing as a sort of father in the faith. And, and I just love that he addresses uh, these, these recipients as little children. It's almost as he's saying, dear children. And, and you can kind of see a little bit of his heart mm-hmm. going towards these folks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and what does he want for them to do? Abide in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you know, <laughs> abiding in Christ is just one of the sweetest uh, kind of ideas. Mm. But but really, you know, what does it mean to abide in Christ? But to to sort of make your home in Christ, yeah. to live in Christ, mm. to find shelter and safety in Christ, to rest in Christ. Um, you know, I think of like a Psalm forty six, for instance, uh, which tells us that that. Uh, that God is a mighty fortress and we can go into that mighty fortress so that regardless of how the chaos of the world, you know, swirls around us, sowing destruction or tearing down mountains, uh, we can find shelter in the very strong tower that is the Lord. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, John tells these dear saints, these little children, these dear children to abide in Christ, Mm -hmm. um, make your home in him. And, And it seems that there's sort of a logical progression if you abide in him, if you make your home in him, if you fully identify yourself with him and find safety and rest in Christ, when he comes and he is going to come, you're not going to be one of those people who has to worry like, how am I going to experience Jesus' uh, coming to this earth? Uh, when, when he returns fully and finally, is that a terrible day for me or is it a day of joy? Well, for the ones who abide in Christ, they can have confidence. Mm-hmm. They can have a type of peace yeah. that enables them to live in this life and in the the future day, to with with um, 
with a sort of like resolve and keeping your head up and and not being like uh, anxiously caving in on yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so, I, I mean, I, I guess there's there's more here than this, but I, I love the concern that we're seeing from John to these saints and the very sweet and practical uh, encouragement he gives to them to abide in Jesus, make your home in Jesus and you'll mm-hmm. be okay. That sort of thing. Absolutely. You know, I think it's easy to misunderstand uh, verse 29, mm-hmm. um, especially I know for me, uh, not being somebody who like loves uh, structure and standards and yeah. <laughs> expectations and whatnot. Um, if you know that he is righteous, Jesus, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. I think we can misinterpret that to mean that um, practicing righteousness like places us into this right standing with God. And you know, one of my favorite verses in First John is actually the very next verse. It's uh, chapter three, verse one, yeah. which is kind of still in the same heading section. It says, see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called children of God. And so we are. Yeah. And I love that verse because of how simple and final it is. This is the kind of love that God's given us, that we should be called children of God. God calls us his children. So we just are. Yeah. And that is what places us in right standing. You know, that is what places us in Christ, as you're saying. Yeah. Um, And then what that looks like. And what it bears evidence to that is you start to love the things that he loves. You start to act the way that he acts. Yeah. And of course that's in pure righteousness. Um, and so it's not meant to be a burden, but it's like a birthmark, you know, it's, oh. it's a birthmark of being uh, born again into um, this land of love, this land of righteousness that Christ is setting up for his church. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and even kind of continuing on with the, the the whole theme of fatherhood and, and even abiding, it, you know, every once in a while, one of my kids will get scared of something. They'll think a monster is going to mm-hmm. come into our house or, you know, a bad guy is going to come to our house. And, yeah. and, and I always tell them, you know, one, God loves us mm-hmm. and he's watching over us. Um, and, you know, he, n- nothing's going to happen outside of his uh, sovereign, loving, kind, wise rule. And so, mm-hmm. so we can trust them in that. Um, mm-hmm. uh, doesn't promise that bad things aren't going to happen, but, but it does allow us to have trust. But yeah. then, but then I point them to me, I say, and, and, you know, and this is sort of a dad move, but I always tell them, it's like, you don't need to worry because in order for somebody to get to you, in order for a monster to get to you, in order for a bad mm-hmm. person to get to you, they have to come through me. Yeah, And, and I could promise you, that would be a very bad thing for them to choose to do to try to get to you because that would mean that they are putting themselves in the pathway of me. Mm. And so you're safe in this house because your dad is in this house Mm -hmm. and your dad will protect you. Mm. Um, even if it means laying down, you know, my life. And, and, uh, and so I think there's something, uh, right about, uh, recognizing that, we are to abide in Christ. Mm-hmm. And then on the heels of that, we see what kind of love the father has given to us that we should be called Amen. children of God. Amen. Right. And, and so this, this sort of a, I think it gives kind of flavor to what does it mean to abide in Christ? Well, well, yes, we actively kind of make our home in Christ. Like we go and get under the covers in the proverbial bed, but then we trust ourselves and trust ourselves to 
this mm-hmm. heavenly father who has us uh, uh, taken care of and really in every sense of the of the phrase. And, and and so then you go back to verse 29 and it's sort of a confusing passage because we don't really know what to do with it because we're not sinless perfectionists. Mm-hmm. So if you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. But But I think what this passage is really kind of like unpacking for us is that if we know that Jesus is righteous, then uh, then we can be sure that people who believe Jesus is who he is, that he has been sent from God, that he has lived the righteous life, and now he has died the substitutionary death upon the cross in our place, mm-hmm. then uh, we are going to be people who bear that sort of birthmark, like you said, and we're gonna Amen. we're gonna live in a more and more increasingly righteous manner because we have believed in the righteousness of Christ. And so, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's a sweet passage. And, and I think a lot of it sort of orients us to, to really like fully trusting ourselves, kind of like, I, I do like that image the more I think about it, like kind of putting ourselves in the bed and pulling the, the covers up of the bed and like, like sleeping in the bedroom, mm-hmm. almost like, like, like truly resting in yeah. God. Um, and, and as we do so, um, you know, we become those people who, mm. who begin to look more and more like God, like our father. Amen. Amen. And I would hate to be the guy who breaks into the Randall house <laughs> and finds Jackson Randall ready it, to curb stomp me. It is interesting. Man. <laughs> Dad, Dad that's it's just one of those times uh, you got to be ready. On. Watch you out, be ready. everybody. <laughs> keep, keep your head on a swivel if you're around Jackson Randall and keep your hands <laughs> off this kid. I love it. I love it, man. A great word um, as we um, wind up this righteous life of Christ. Study for Jackson Randall. This is Will Carlisle. We'll see you tomorrow on our Daily Rhythm. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.